Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What a beautiful day. Happy 4th of July. It is the 4th of July. I am live right now. It's about 10.30 in the morning. And I am thrilled to be doing this. I spent a little bit of last night and this morning grabbing a little audio. And I uh, wanted to do a show today that, you know, a lot of times you're probably... Eh, sorry. Maybe you're like me. I'm in, a, I'm in the basement of a, a house, our family's house, so to speak, in Vermont. And... Uh, it's a little dusty here, so. but um, so I, I, a lot of times on the holidays, I um, you know, I like to listen to podcasts, and you're probably like me, where you can burn through all of the stuff that you usually listen to, and if all there are is like like the Fourth of July special podcast, where like it's an interview with Jim J. Bullock playing George Washington. You, you know, you don't want that. You want the real stuff that hap, the real everyday podcast stuff. A lot of times, so some of these podcasts I listen to bring on a financial guy, and it's a paid thing, and you know, there's a place for that. But I don't want that. So we're just going to do the normal show we always do. So first things first, I've gotten some feedback that people are uh, so that some folks are upset because I've delivered so much bad Trump news. In 2020 has not been a good year for Donald Trump. There's, in my mind, you you've got to admit that. Uh, you know, obviously, this guy has seen historic challenges. He's got a media devoted to destroying him. He's got political and cultural enemies who have gone purely hysterical. With some of the the audio you will be playing here, I simply have moved on because people have suspended logic. Is have suspended reason, have lost the ability to use any kind of intellectual integrity or intellectually valid reasoning anymore, that I think this is a big mental health issue. You know, yesterday, the last podcast, I I, uh, I, uh, I said I sounded like, because I was ranting a lot, like Michael Savage. Oh, well, Michael Savage used to say, 
uh, liberalism is a mental disorder. I don't know about that. Seems a little seems a little um, like a broad uh, cloth to me. But there is a mental disorder on display in this country. I don't know if it's because of if it's half psychotropic drugs or I don't know what it is. But people have just lost. People are unserious human beings now. People who were once considered somewhat serious are unserious. Paul Krugman, the New York Times, big. Um, he might have won the Nobel Prize, economist. This guy is an unhealthy moron. He was once at the top of his game, and maybe is maybe he when it comes to the economy is good, but he thinks on the level of a third grader. And this and this is so widespread; it's incredible. I'm not. This is not being partisan, either. There are morons on all sides of everything, but the more the this wave right now. This healthcare crisis is on the left, and it's on the far left and the far, far left. And this movement here that's happened is is crazy. This cultural unraveling, that's trademark commentary magazine, but it is. It's a cultural, it's an unraveling of institutions. It's a deletion of all history, and it comes from this disdain of everything that ever happened before. It's led by a radical youth I think that the energy behind it are college graduates, a lot of uh, uh, humanities students and uh, gender studies and critical theory, the best of the best, and they've gone out into the world, or they're um, they're you know dipping a foot in the real world, and they're unprepared. A lot of them are not getting their entree into the middle class they were promised immediately, and they're crybabies. They never had to just deal with loss. You know, all this stuff about having making sure that the soccer game ends with a tie. Maybe that's coming back to bite us now. But they're crybabies. They're angry. They're violent. They're acting out. And so that's one part of the movement. The, this, the um, George Floyd murder was just for us this was going to happen regardless i think this year it's happened in europe and around the world and other places in the last couple of years and now it's a culmination and the media has been perfect perfect at creating a a false um environment in which these kids have to operate and so they come out of college out of brown university and wellesley and and harvard and yale and all the best of the best they come out and they go while they're in. They're scared to death. They're sure that their uh, their intersectionality, in other words, the, whatever uh, identity po- political category or categories that they fall into, has made them a victim, likely to be murdered in the streets by the dark forces of power that are out there. So, regardless of what it is, if you're uh, trans, cisgen, wait, cisgen doesn't get anything. They're, they're those are the bad ones, I think. Um, you know, gay, white, black, somewhere in between. It's some, there's there's a piece of victimhood for everybody. And it's encouraged in colleges for you to ascribe to yourself as much as much of this victimhood as possible. And there's a nobility in that, and there's supposedly supposed to be a strength in that. And that gives you that gives you the obligation and the power and the priority of speech in any group unless somebody's more intersectional than you. So that's why you have to shut up and listen, and you have to check your privilege if you're not one of these victims, and the college is just minting victims. You have to shut up. And they become little monsters, and you fed this and fed this 
for years and years with the Occupy protests and then with um, some of the other the crap. And I'll just say in Massachusetts a few years ago, we had a bunch of idiots, college kids from Wellesley, of course, lie in the middle of the sidewalk. I mean, no, sorry, in the middle of the highway and stop traffic on both sides, which undoubtedly altered lives and damaged lives. But no, no, but nobody did. Nobody sent any reporters to check that stuff out because they were for the cause. Well, these kids were, the charges were broomed, of course. These kids were only given a pat on the head and, and told that they did something noble. They were they were real freedom fighters, and they were real good little jihadists. <clears throat> well, now they've made, uh, they built CHOP in Seattle, and that's this is the fruition. This is what you wanted. And now they're destroying anything, any statue, any monument, uh, any word. And so you've got this 10 to 15% of true believers, overly educated but profoundly dumb young people at the at the uh, core of this movement here and you've got 30 you know uh, 35% or whatever i think the, the the historian neil ferguson said it was 35% then are people who are are just afraid of them and complicit in being compliant because they just don't want to get hurt or canceled or whatever and then you have the other 50%, which is just the elite, and that's the media. Those are the great thinkers. Those are the rich. This is people. This is Brooklyn, L.A., San Francisco, Boston, Cambridge, Mass. So that's what we've got going now. So so the only chance, I think, for this all to work itself out is at some point it, they cannibalize each other. And they do do that. There's no doubt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a piece of audio in a bit to show you how. So first, let's start with... Uh, something I noticed last night is that for the first time, for those of you worried about uh, Donald Trump, who is still trailing in the polls, he had a good night last night. He was in uh, Mount Rushmore uh, at Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, and how do you know he had a good last night last night? Because the media screamed and howled. It was the end of days again—a dark speech, ominous, threatening. Trump using language uh, of the oppressors and uh, just being com- just being completely, um, you know, encapsulated by encapsulated by you know the, these dark winds of authoritarianism and what's this other stuff that they always say? Um, um, uh, f- fascistic uh, notions. It's all the normal stuff. So. Uh, here's CNN. This is incredible. You're going to like this. CNN. Uh, her name is Layla Santiago, and she is doing the reporting for CNN. She's uh, Jake Tapper's during Jake Tapper's sh- show. And remember, this is Mount Rushmore. This is how she describes Trump's event. Kicking off the Independence Day weekend, President Trump will be at uh, Mount Rushmore, where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land wrestled away from Native Americans, told that uh, be focusing on the effort to, quote, tear down our country's history. (laughs) I'm going to play that again in there one second. Kicking off the Independence Day weekend, President Trump will be at uh, Mount Rushmore, where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land. Standing in front of a monument of two slave owners. This is how CNN describes Mount Rushmore. 
a reporter seriously. That's the context she gives this monument. It's been there for a decade, a century. Wrestled away from Native Americans. Land wrestled away from Native Americans. That's the new term for South Dakota. Is told that uh, be focusing on the effort to quote tear down our country's history. All right, Leila Santiago. With that report, thank you so much. Oh, thank, On one hand, you have- thank you, Jake. Thank you for vetting Jake and making sure that that's codified into the realm of uh, truisms by not challenging, not saying anything, and just accepting that horse bleep whole hog. Absolutely incredible. So that's it. CNN is redefining things. They've been doing it forever, but of course, it's just remarkable. So this is CNN. Before the great unraveling, before the great woke tsunami hit, this is from just a couple of years ago, covering Bernie Sanders at Mount Rushmore. This is our country at its very best. What an incredible achievement. Visiting Mount Rushmore today, Bernie Sanders taking in the majesty of the moment, this monument to four great American presidents. Just the accomplishment and the beauty. It really does make one very proud to be an American. Sanders has his own mountain to climb. I want to hear that again, uh, CNN. This is what? This is our country at its very best. What an incredible achievement. Visiting Mount Rushmore today, Bernie Sanders taking in the majesty of the moment, this monument to four great American presidents. Wow. How things have changed in a few years. Monument to four great Americans. And they are four great Americans. Because in the if you take the entire measurement of their career, of their lives, the greatness that they achieved. That's the snapshot you're taking. You're not taking the flaws that were inherent to the day when they were alive. You're not putting them through the 2020 filter on everything. This was 1920. It was different from 2020. I'm sorry about that, but it's a fact. Jesus. Incredible. But are we surprised? I mean, see, this is what they do. They do not do news. News is not their thing anymore. This is Ryan Lisa, just from last week and during their press conference, this is what he asks. Yes, um, there's a national conversation going on right now about the proper place of symbols of the Confederacy, statues, memorials, names, and the, the president has repeatedly inserted himself into this debate. And I think a lot of people are trying to understand what his view of uh, memorializing the Confederacy is and the proper place of the Confederate flag. So a couple questions. One, does he believe, does President Trump believe that it was a good thing that the South lost the Civil War? <laughs> And then two, is he interested in following NASCAR's example and banning the Confederate flag at his own events? Well, your first question is absolutely absurd. He's proud of the United States of America. Um, second, with regard to our statues, um, Americans oppose tearing down our statues. There is a Harvard-Harris poll released just last... By the way, just something to listen for. Do you notice that during the question, somebody was typing wildly? And during the answer, the typing stopped. Listen again. Listen again. Yes, um, there's a national conversation going on right now about I, I, the I, proper place of symbols of the Confederacy, statues, memorials, names. And the, the president has repeatedly inserted himself into this debate. And I think a lot of people are trying to understand what his view of uh, memorializing the Confederacy is and the proper place of the Confederate I, I, flag. So a couple questions. One, 
Does he believe, does President Trump believe that it was a good thing that the South type, type, type. lost the Civil War? And then two, is he interested in following NASA's example and banning the Confederate flag at his own event? Typing. Well, your first question is absolutely absurd. He's no more typing. Because <laughs> the, the news story was the question. Does anybody believe that's a good thing the Confederacy lost? That's going to be the news story. Administration doesn't deny that Trump thinks it's a good thing that, you know, it's freaking nuts. It is nuts. And you don't know if these people are just making a living. They have a huddle in the newsroom. They're good liberals. Or you just don't know if it's just more hogs got the fever. Two more hogs got the fever. So Jelani Cobb writes for The New Yorker on the theme of um, uh, how we know last night was a good night. This is what was happening at Rushmore, at Mount Rushmore, according to Jelani Cobb. I think this is CNN or MSNBC, doesn't matter. Where we are, I mean, it's the 4th of July. The, the president of the United States wants fireworks at a place that may well go up in flames as a result of it. Uh, it's, it is the perfect encapsulation, the perfect metaphorical encapsulation of everything that we've seen during his presidency. Can uh, any psychiatrist listening please help this man? Anybody? Or Jelani Cobb, go to a doctor, find somebody. You've got to be crazy. The president, on 4th of July, fireworks? Oh my God. On a national park, in a national historic site? Oh my God. Don't Doesn't he understand? We're about to cancel this historic site. Whew, Jesus. The gentleman who visited the uh, previous White House more than 100 times, Al Sharpton, not surprisingly. I think it's clear this president wants to draw a line in the sand uh, because he's taking a day that we will all acknowledge as we're challenging statues coming down of Confederates and outright slave owners and racists and say, no, I'm going to even put it in your face. I'm going to land <laughs> that uh, Native Americans were owed it was there. If they couldn't sniff racism, what would they have to say? All it is is draw the find a connection to racism. Find it's two degrees of racism. They would have nothing. Al Sharpton would have no career if it wasn't racism. So that's his stock and trade. So I actually blame him less. He's just a sleaze bag race baiter who's made a very good living doing this stuff. He's just a grifter. I respect that more. I respect that more than news organizations portending to be journalists, pretending to be doing honest journalism, non-biased. It's crazy. This person, speaking of the, of the parade of morons, Yumichi Alcinder, who she's with PBS. So this is your tax money. Um, she's with PBS. Here's her take. Well, I wonder, do you think there's a chance that Donald Trump speaking in Mount Rushmore would be considered... Um, Racist at all? I wonder. I, I bet you she doesn't mention it whatsoever because she's such a capable thinker and so intellectually gifted that she doesn't have to go for the low-hanging tabloid fruit. She can actually make a substantive argument without it. I mean, that's why you saw so many people in this country, especially people of color, look really, really disturbed when the president and then candidate Trump started saying, make America great again. Because, the, of course, the quick question was, well, what part of America and what period are you talking about? Of course, that's the quick question. Right? She knows she and everybody else from Columbia uh, and all these other humanities majors, they know, wait a second, when you say make America great again, 
he's evil because he's a Republican, so we think he wants all the bad parts. He probably wants Kent State and uh, Stonewall and uh, the My Lai Massacre because oh, he's obviously evil. Now, of course, that thinking is intellectually lazy, but this this is a movement. <clears throat> is it when African-Americans were enslaved? Yeah, that's what it was. When you go to Trump rallies, you say you see them reminiscing about how the good old days when there was slavery. Jesus, it's remarkable how what these people think. And by this is sickness by default. If you're a certain kind of person, they've got this. They've made up this conglomeration, uh, this composite person. And if you look a certain way, they know what you're thinking. You wear a red hat, go to a Trump rally. They know what you're thinking. You miss the days of slavery. That's what make America great again means. Is it when women couldn't vote? Is it when Native American people were, were literally run off their lands? Uh is it when there was a robust economy and that people could attain the middle class? Is it when there were uh, factories were pumping out material and automobiles and uh, entire towns and cities were built on these on these industries? You know, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Is it when you can go to college without having to spend $200,000 for a degree to get you nothing? Is it when there was, uh, you know, when when there wasn't 75% broken households in the black communities and almost half that now in surging in the white communities? You know, it's to suggest it's such, it's such, but they all believe this. It is such an insult. And listen to the way she says it with such confidence. And there's nodding heads everywhere. Very thoughtful. Very well. Um, the, the people that I talk to, voters and experts, they all believe that President Trump is doing exactly what Jelani and Tremaine say that he's doing, which is that he's sitting somewhere in history between George Wallace and Ronald Reagan. The people I talk to oh, and the experts. I have no doubt that the people who she talks to all believe this because they're all wacko progressives and the the and he's really fitting in this this history that is in some ways a republican history about the idea that they're i don't know uh that the george wallace at his peak was a republican i don't know that the Klan was republican as a matter of fact if you want to talk about a problematic history and use a political label republican is not the one really looking at white resentment and giving people who are worried about the future of america but who are also angry at the idea of america browning and Nobody believes that. Nobody, a tiny sliver, if anybody, if if not a handful of people, give a flying bleep about the brownie of America. And I, I've heard this again and again and again and again. And this is when they try to empathize with Trump voters. And they say, okay, maybe they're not all racists. Maybe they're not all dumb. But they're at least to a level dumb and unbeknownst to them racist. Because they're worried now that the corner store, which was owned by the O'Malley's forever is now being run by the Gonzaleses, and those people are darker-skinned. And Trump voters, that makes them worried. They want to make America great and go back to the days when the O'Malley's owned the store. That's what they want. And that is horse, total horse bleep and a freaking insult. And the, and the fact that people feel so incredibly comfortable calling the other half of this country bigots and racists is disgusting, and it's freaking uh, intellectually lazy, dishonest, and disgraceful, and uh, it... Is it's incredible, but they all do this. People pay to go to to, to to listen to the freaking pod bros who worked for maybe the most incompetent administration in a hundred years. The pod bros, they go listen to them say this stuff. Well, dumb Trump voters, 
you know, stupid guys with their, under their boats in the Florida canals. They're worried about the, the corner store being racist. CNN at the election, after the first two years after the election, sent reporters and comedians and uh, comedian reporters and squads of people into Trump country to find racists. And one thing they never were able to find were racists. Doesn't exist. People have stuff to do. Even if somebody was a racist, who the hell has time to worry about the corner store or people getting brown? Who cares? Who white thinks it's great being white? Have you seen white people? They're not freaking best looking people on the earth. Jesus. Have you seen a beach in England? It's like, I'm just using what they're using, saying it's about skin color. Who I, I would be astounded if I was in a room and somebody said anything about being white. In a, nobody cares about being white. I think white people want to be darker, as a matter of fact. White people tan. Jesus. This is, it's just such a freaking insult. And it's just this premise that's become fact now. Nope, it's just you have to prove you're not racist. And right now, you better prove you're not racist by taking that knee, signing the petition, saying Black Lives Matter. And giving them a place to say, you know what, you are the victim. This country owes you more. Instead of looking toward the future and saying, actually, let's have an America where we're not believing in this myth. Let's have an America where people do understand the history of America. President Trump is saying, I want to be on the side of the myth of America. I also want to be on the side of the the myth of America has given Yamichi Elsinder everything she has. Myth of the fact that the, the pandemic is over when we know for a fact that both of those things just simply aren't true. Mm. <laughs> There's Ari Melbourne. Mm, yeah, I don't feel a need to challenge any of that. I don't feel a need to challenge any of that. I mean, right now it's that, Ari. Um, and soon it's, uh, you know, the, the crosshairs of the revolution of the great unraveling of this new French revolution Go hit other demographics. I love that she mentioned the um, the uh, <laughs> the COVID thing because it is. I, I'm not the first one to mention to mention this, but it is really great that they continue to not even see how funny it is that three weeks ago, two weeks ago, they were saying how great it was that people go into the streets and immediately with the Trump people, it is the worst thing in the world. It's a healthcare disaster. It's a murder. It's it's uh, awful. And on the merits, I think there's a fair debate there whether there should be rallies in some places like this. But you were pushing. You were pushing for these protests. You applauded them. You got out there with them, some of you leaders. Some of you leaders yelling at us for killing grandma then got out there with the protesters. These protests which started off over the death of a person which quickly was absconded with and hijacked by these crazy looters, rioters, and, and criminals. It's crazy. Here's a little mix-up. This is from uh, Media Research Center, a little mix-up of uh, some of the media praising some protesters and denigrating others. Rally time, the worst thing you could do in the middle of this pandemic. Trump is defying CDC guidelines. Trump is pretending the coronavirus has disappeared. What did it feel like? to be marching arm in arm there with the police chief. A celebration there, carnival-like atmosphere. There's a guy who has a sign that says free hugs. Music, people are hugging. This is CHOP, by the way, the murder capital of Seattle. People showing up to his his precious rallies might get sick. I mean, they're, they're acknowledging they might get sick and die. Is that a smart move to have a rally during a pandemic? This is going to be a breeding ground for coronavirus. We need to stop that. We need to ban political rallies. It's a beautiful... 
<laughs> Not all political rallies. Beautiful moment where people can get together. Beautiful moment. Very touching beautiful and extraordinary. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment. I love you. A moment of respect <laughs> and love. President Trump is still planning to hold a large campaign rallies with thousands of people packed, as he said, shoulder to shoulder. It's unclear exactly how he can even return to these large scale events given the pandemic. Tens of thousands showed up for a march in Floyd's honor. A massive crowd, and I mean massive. Tens of thousands of protesters. Thousands and thousands. Up to 200,000 people. Public health experts are warning about the risks of gathering in crowds like the president's rally. Health officials said the president's rally will pose a risk. Social justice over social distancing, we understand that to some extent. This week, more than a thousand physicians and healthcare professionals signed a letter supporting the demonstrators. A political rally like checks every box of risk. Stop it. Just, just stay home, people. Stay home. Stay in the streets. Uh, continue to protest. Continue to have your voices be heard. They get paid a lot more than you. They do a lot less work than you. They lie to you for a living. Incredible. Not only that, but by their own measure, they're endangering your life by encouraging protests. But you won't hear about that because there will be exactly zero reporters from these elite media organizations dispatched uh, into the communities that protested to see uh, in those hospitals to see that what effect they had. Zero. You will not see it. Oh, what was it? The, I got to read the, the LA. It's not just it's not just TV, by the way, just print media, too. L.A. Times, Mount Rushmore, Trump uses 4th of July celebration to stoke culture war. Is he stoking the culture war? Do we, are we sure? Washington, President Trump used an elaborate fireworks display and Air Force One flyover at Mount Rushmore on Friday night to rally his base, ushering in 4th of July celebration a day early with accusations that a slow... Uh, quote, new far-left fascism, end quote, is part of a merciless campaign to wipe out our history. Dun, dun, dun. LA Times still, the combative address in South Dakota using one of the more dramatic and historical backdrops of his presidency came as Trump trails badly behind Joe Biden. Uh... Then the, Times had, the New York Times had the same kind of crap. I just wanted to make sure we get some, uh, give some love to our friend, print print friends okay where are we hope you're having fun i'm going to head to a lake soon i'm sure you're you're heading somewhere too and uh gonna join some friends up there and kids and all sorts of good stuff where am i uh trump oh yeah here's one of trump's lines from what i saw of the speech uh it, it, it was very carefully written and it was care- very carefully recited by trump which is one of the reasons i think that uh, people are so angry because it, it really it really laid to waste this uh, this healthcare progressive revolution crisis that we're in. No movement that seeks to dismantle these treasured American legacies can possibly have a love of America at its heart. Can't happen. No person who remains quiet at the destruction of this resplendent heritage can possibly lead us to a better future. The radical ideology attacking our country advances under the banner of social justice. But in truth, it would demolish both justice and society. It would transform justice into an instrument of division and vengeance. 
And it would turn our free and inclusive society into a place of repression, domination, and exclusion. They want to silence us, but we will not be silenced. <laughs> it's exactly right on him. It's the right thing to say. It was, uh, it was delivered, you know, to Trump. I'm sure he would have preferred to just go on and improv and play the hits. But maybe somebody in the administration knows that they need to focus. So that was good. Let's see if he if he tweets about uh, Joe Scarborough's intern today, then that'll be wiped away. And the media, who unfortunately will have to cover this event in Mount Rushmore, uh, will not have to cover the content of the speech. They'll go right to whatever stupid tweet uh, Trump used. Michelle Goldberg, keeping in uh, keeping in the spirit of um, of uh, you know, people who need uh, clinical assistance. Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times. This is her take on the Mount Rushmore thing. You tell me if this is somebody who I'm sure she does have a shrink, and her shrink's probably also insane. But if this person isn't addled with by something, you know, let's say we all survive the Trump presidency and there's still movies in the future. When Let's say we all survive it. Yep. Why not? Trump is a mass murderer. Works for me. Are you going to argue Ari? Nope. Are you going to argue uh, Yamichi Elsinder? Nope. Are you going to argue Shapton? Nope. Are you going to argue Jalabi Cobb of the New Yorker? Nope. Ryan Lees, are you going to argue? Nope. Layla Santiago, you're going to argue? Nope. Well, we've got a consensus. Boom, boom, boom goes the gavel. Somebody makes, you know, a sort of dark film rendition of these awful, awful four years. This, you know, surreal and noir. Man, maybe you're a little too upset for this segment. Okay, you sound like you're heartbroken. You need help. You need to breathe. And frankly, kind of fascist in its aesthetic spectacle is going. Yes, it's fascist in its spectacle in which the free press gets to destroy the fascist leader, the authoritarian, authoritarian fascist. That's another lazy word. Fascist, racist, white supremacist, three of the laziest words in, in the United States. Going to be part of the um, denouement. But I also want to say something about cancel culture, which is that there is no bigger practitioner of cancel culture in this country than Donald Trump. Huh. Well, that seems interesting. Who has he canceled exactly? A man who who has made it his soul, his his mission, and his legacy to cancel um, Barack Obama to extra. Uh huh. Well, isn't he a Republican with a different platform completely? Wasn't he uh, voted in with the promise to change Obamacare to take us out of foreign wars? This isn't about canceling. These are thought-out measures that the American people care about. But she came up with the first part of the premise that he's cancel culture, and she was unfortunately not capable of backing it up, of you know finishing the rest of the argument with any kind of bullet points, because she doesn't have them, because she's an idiot. She's an overpaid New York Times idiot. Everything that Barack Obama accomplished, right, to undo... What were those things, by the way? Just asking, because... If it was health care reform, changing one-fifth of the economy and then not having the health care uh, connector work, if it's health care reform, how come we needed immediate health care reform four years later or at, the, or at the end of his presidency? How come there still remain 20 million people uninsured, down from, what, 30? 
How come healthcare costs skyrocketed? What was the other thing? Zone striking an American citizen? Sending intelligence forces to harass journalists? That's a little bit uh, more dangerous, I would say, than calling the media the enemy of the American people, which I don't condone. But sicking the intelligence services on Americans? Promising Russia on a hot mic that you'll be able to renegotiate uh, the defense systems in Europe after the election? Having the people in Benghazi die and then lying to the families about it? Never having gotten the truth? <clears throat> lying to the families about it. Lying to the country about it again and again and again and again and again. For months, he lied about it. Lied about why it was. It had to be because of video. It couldn't be a terrorist attack because, remember, Bin Laden was dead. Jim was alive. That was the campaign slogan. They had to win an election. The last eight years of American history. And obviously, Barack Obama is not the only one that he wants to cancel. Donald Trump is constantly calling for the firing of media figures who displease him, right? So the idea mm. that this president is some sort of champion of the free and of you know the free exchange of ideas and the open-minded pursuit of our history is completely ludicrous. No. It's not completely ludicrous. That's fine. All right, so um, I'm going to go back to, you know, we played this uh, Leila Santiago for a moment talking about um, doing the, the rap. It was this thing here. Kicking off the Independence Day weekend, President Trump will be at uh, Mount Rushmore where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land wrestled away from Native Americans told that uh, be focused. Well, hold on. I want to get back to Goldberg. You know, here. let's say we all survive the Trump presidency, and there's still movies in the future when somebody. So here's the thing, is that when she said that he's Mr. Cancel Culture and he wants to cancel people, et cetera, and that if we all survive because he's such a mass murderer and he's the worst thing we've ever had, and he wants to cancel, undo all the things Obama did, et cetera, because he's cancel, 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 cancel. If we survive the Trump presidency, there's a whole bunch of things she could have argued on the merits of any of those things. She could have talked about some of the things that Trump was trying to undo and why that's a bad idea. But no, she didn't want to. I criticize Donald Trump all the time. There's a lot to criticize him about. But just sloganeering, calling him president canceller, that he just wants to undo everything and he's the big canceller. I mean, for her, she was just trying to be a wordsmith and she got stuck in, in her own metaphor and on it, she was unable to, to finish the painting. But it, you can criticize Donald Trump without using the term white supremacist. You can do it. It can be done. I know that in you know in your uh, Brooklyn loft that white supremacist has to be the fourth word fourth word you use when you talk about Donald Trump, but it doesn't. You, there are things to criticize him on, and if you weren't so god dang lazy, then you would. All right. So here's the Layla. This is Layla San Diego, uh, San Diego, Santiago, CNN. Before she threw to Jake Tapper, she actually did this this package of folks previewing his speech and it was two it was two um two black um like authors and actually they had they had they were thought they were kind of thoughtful people but i've just taken layla's voiceover this is their her voiceover for the package you know so you drop in the sots the sound on tape in between the voiceover to make a news package i just have the stuff that she went in into the into the uh, recording studio what do they call them? Edit Wells or something in TV? And she went in there, and this is what she wrote down, and this is what 
This is her th thoughts and creation, and this is her, her voice voiceover. So this is how this is her look at what's going on with Trump. Parades, ceremonies, the celebration of U.S. independence, once declared by founding fathers that wrote, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator oh, with certain unalienable so rights, that among these are life, liberty, oh, and the right. pursuit July of 4th. happiness. But the very rights being celebrated on Independence Day are the same rights that millions of Americans say they and their ancestors uh, have not been allowed to enjoy. Uh, For historian and author Jesse Holland, that includes the injustice. You know, just in case you were enjoying today, you've got a Roman candles and bottle rockets and sparklers and you're grilling stuff and you've got the music blasted and... You think it's fun? No, 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 no. We just went over the the, uh, the waterfall here, and these are dark days. Put all that stuff down. Put the fireworks away. Turn off the music. Take a knee. Apologize. That has led to unrest across the country. The inequalities in communities of color highlighted by a pandemic. For 93-year-old Opal Lee, independence must commemorate the freedom of all including Juneteenth, the day enslaved people in Texas oh. learned that all those enslaved in Confederate states had been freed. As Americans face a reckoning over racism... Jesus, I just, I'm just looking for mustard for my hot dog. Do we have to do a reckoning over racism right now? Can I be left alone? Just, I'm looking for sauerkraut, okay? That's all I want is sauerkraut. I didn't need the reckoning over racism right at the moment. I mean, there's a time for this. Can we take a second out on the 4th of July? Or is this being just fed into the the uh, the shredder as well? Past and present, there's no message of healing from the White House. Instead, no. President Trump is calling a Black Lives Matter street mural a symbol of hate after New York City announced it would be... A street mural? Huh. Interesting. Because what's it a picture of? I believe it's just some text painted. It used to be called graffiti, but when it's sanctioned by progressive uh, city managers, then it's now a street mural. The street mural, you know, is not a recreation of a, a Van Gogh painting. It is a propagandist uh, message, slogan, which exactly and directly represents a Marxist movement. Street mural. Painted in front of Trump Tower. He's also demanding protection for symbols of the Confederacy at campaign rally. Right, like Gandhi and the uh, Robert Gould Shaw Memorial, Abe Lincoln statues. The unhinged left-wing mob is trying to vandalize our history, desecrate our monuments, our beautiful right. monuments. During diplomatic visits. Not going to happen. Not as long as... He keeps defending history in the country everywhere. What a horrible person. What a horrible person. We're trying to have a great reckoning here. We're trying to destroy stuff, and he keeps complaining about it on behalf of the people of this country. I'm here. Even on Twitter. And he's refusing oh. to sign anything changing the name of military bases named after Confederate leaders. Especially the military. Of course, he's using that in his authoritarian... authoritarian Takeover. And Jake, kicking off the Independence Day weekend, President Trump will be at uh, Mount Rushmore, where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land wrestled away from Native Americans, <laughs> told that uh, be focusing on the effort to, quote, 
tear down our country's history. All right, Leila Santiago. No, thanks, Jake. I love her. She's, uh, to quote laughing, like under her breath, to tear down our nation. At any point, did Jake Tapper, after that, when they went to commercial, say, did, did anybody preview this package before we ran this piece of crap? This is, we're coming into Independence Day, July 4th. It's got a meeting, meaning well-established. We already know what it was. Who put that rot into our program? It's incredible. Incredible that they would do this. By the way, July 4th, 2014, you would not have a package like that. It would be Barack, bleep, and Obama. The world is great. The world is great. You would not have any of this stuff if Obama was still president because this isn't really about any of the, uh, you know, the the supposedly symbolic crossroads uh, events that have happened. This is about people who have ultra-progressives and other weak-minded people who just simply can't deal with the fact that Donald Trump won when he wasn't supposed to, and they were dancing on everybody's graves, you know, that on election day in 2016, and they were laughing at you and saying, good luck, I don't know what you're going to do with your party, but you guys voted this idiot in, and they were saying, ha, 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 and they had a great time, and then they lost, and they had a nervous breakdown, and it is continuing to this day, but you know that. Oh, righty, where are we here? Oh, yeah, Trump had another good line um, about, uh, well, this is boilerplate for the day we're in. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats in every case is the predictable result of years of extreme indoctrination and bias in education, journalism, and other cultural institutions. Against every law of society and nature, our children are taught in school to hate their own country. This is exactly right. I don't know what speechwriter or speechwriters wrote this, but this is exactly right. This is accurate, and this is true. And if you're an American right now and your eyes are open, and you're a reasonable, reasonable person, law-abiding person who has love for his fellow American, but is simply trying to get by and create a better world for their world for their kids. You see your kids coming home from schools having been tampered with. This is happening at every level of education. And to believe that the men and women who built it were not heroes, but that were villains. The radical view of American history is a web of lies. All perspective is removed. Every virtue is obscured. Every motive is twisted. Every fact is distorted. And every flaw is magnified until the history is purged and the record is disfigured beyond all recognition. This movement is openly attacking the legacies of every person on Mount Rushmore. They defile the memory of Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. Today, we will set history and history's records straight. So exactly what he should be saying. That is exactly right. He should also be touting jobs. If you haven't heard, the NBA is... um uh, planning to paint Black Lives Matter on the court in the side the sidelines and in arenas that it's going to be using in Walt Disney World. It's they're trying to salvage the season, so they're they're painting Black Lives Matter there. 
And uh, the NBA is a really wretched organization. I mean, they're painting plenty Black Lives Matter while still eating out of the palm of the Chinese communist government, which practices Jim Crow laws where black people do not have the rights that uh, that uh, other citizens do. Uh, it, it, not to mention the Uyghurs, which is a whole totally different story. The Chinese uh, civil rights, human rights uh, violations are mountainous, but the NBA is happy to take their money because they're happy to tell you black lives matter, but really just green dollars matter to those guys. So... Um, Fox Sports One, Marcellus Wiley, they asked, I, and I, I don't watch, I never watch the NBA really anymore, and I don't watch much sports, but this uh, Marcellus Wiley, so, I mean, am I getting his name right? If I'm saying this wrong, let me know. This guy blew me away. They asked him about uh, how he feels about this initiative by the NBA. Marcellus, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Is this a good idea? Ah, uh, it's not a good idea. Um, I do want to give the players credit for their flex to even get this to be more than just an idea, but something that's going to be in reality. I give the players that. Um, but there's a problem with when you start to go down this road of the freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and how much social space is allowed for those who don't support in that same space. And that's where I, I wonder where this is going to go in terms of identity politics. We know what identity politics does. Uh, it, it divides and it polarizes. No matter how you want to look at it, that's just the effect of it, no matter how great the intentions are. And we all know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So it's an interesting play right here. I don't know how many people really look into the mission statement of Black Lives Matter, but I did. And when you look into it, there's a couple things that jump out to me. And I'm a black man who's been black and my life has mattered since 1974. <laughs> and this organization was founded in 2013. I'm proud of you. But I've been fighting this fight for me and for others a lot longer. Two things. My family structure is so vital and important to me. Not only the one I grew up in, but the one I'm trying to create right now. Being a father and a husband, that's my mission in life right now. How do I reconcile that, what I just told you, with this mission statement that says, quote, we dismantle the patriarchal practice. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. When I know statistics, when I know my reality, forget statistics. I knew this before I even went to Columbia and saw these same statistics that I'm going to read to you right now. That children from single parent homes versus two parent homes. The children from the single parent homes, this is in 1995 I was reading this. Five times more likely to commit suicide. Six times more likely to be in poverty. Nine times more likely to drop out of high school. Ten times more likely to abuse chemical substances. Fourteen times more likely to commit rape. Twenty times more likely to end up in prison. And 32 times more likely to run away from home. I knew that. You know why I knew it? Because a lot of my friends didn't have family structures that were nuclear like mine. And they found themselves outside of their dreams and goals and aspirations. So when I see that, or as a mission statement for Black Lives Matter, it makes me scratch my head. When I also see their mission is to eradicate white supremacy. In 2020, white supremacy is the mission. Woo, that's a lot of digging through minutia right there. I am on a show that I'm hosting along with another black guy who is hosting with me who replaced another black guy. And that's just one example of it. So I understand. I respect your space. I respect what you're protesting for. But will you respect others who don't support that same protest? Marcellus Wiley, born in Compton, California. 
played in the NFL for 10 seasons, 45 years old. I am going to say right now and here, Marcellus Wiley for president. That guy uh, has his stuff together. He's it. He didn't didn't go to lazy words, fascism, racism. He when he used white supremacy, he used it to contrast from the facts and experiences. This guy, I mean, I'm blown away. I love that guy. I hope it doesn't get canceled for speaking out like that. But that was dang great. <sighs> By the way, if you didn't listen to our last podcast, we did feature these are some of your college humanities majors and uh, them uh, interacting with the police. I hope you're uh, proud. hear that yup says the white girl from wellesley so uh we played a couple of the other days um just on what this the movement is here we played the i just i want to play this audio again it was mark lamont hill and candace owens this is cut i think this is a good instructive cut on some of the movement if uh for uh sorry for and against i think black lives matter has always talked about uh the daily violence, among other things. If you look at the Movement for Black Lives policy statement, they're talking about all kinds of stuff. It's, it's always been a... It's actually most about LGBT movement now. It's, it's a wide it's a wide net, but it's, it's an interesting... But that's the problem. That you create a wide net when, you, when you're when you full of bullshit, right? When you know you're bullshit. It's or, like, we're not just about, we're about trans rights and police. It's like maybe one sentence now that's even about police anything. They've really kind of dwindled it, and it's actually more about equality for trans something but this is but this is but Candace, i would think this would be up your alley what? right not the trans part um <laughs> definitely not up but, my alley but but the idea that we're not singling out the police we're saying that we should care about black lives in all sectors i mean that's part of the, part of the argument you're making about black on black violence is one about saying we should care about black life not just when it, when when it's threatened by police mm. but everywhere the movement for black lives is saying look we care about poverty we care about certainly state violence we care about food insecurity. We care about all of these things because they, 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 they connect. But so they're lying. That's the whole point. You can put that statement on your website, but then when your solution to that is to go into streets and to riot and to burn down and to loot. And every time they have a protest, it ends this way. So it's not like there was like that. It, it's not like there was that one time where they started every time Black Lives Matter, Matter narrative starts running in the media, black people die, black people's neighborhoods get burned down. From the start of, Tra of Trayvon Martin, moving on to Freddie Gray, and here we are today with George Floyd, with Ahmaud Arbery. This is what happens every single time. So before we get, uh, before we go, I do want to hit back on something. I was a friend of mine who's up here with me, um, is mentioned um, Ben Affleck, and it got me thinking. Remember when Ben Affleck and Sam Harris were were on with Bill Maher, and Bill Maher was Sam Harris had written a book, and they were talking about uh, radical uh, Islam and the damage it had done. And Bill Maher obviously doesn't like any religion, so he was happy to talk about it. And then Affleck got just boiled over with anger and went in to engage debate and really browbeat and yell. And had he had what was a tantrum. And the anger that he felt, this is 2014, so this is six years ago, the anger and vitriol that's with Affleck, 
he is one of these people. He's a rich kid from Cambridge. There are rich kids from Wellesley, and there are rich, rich kids. This is just Massachusetts. And they're super progressives, super progressives. They believe in Howard's, and they believe that this country is terrible, and we're the worst at everything, and that we were born of sin, and we propagate sin, and we export sin, and especially white people. We're the worst, worst, worst. And, of course, for him, this offsets the fact that he's got mountains of privilege himself and mountains of money. He'll, he gets to take private jets. He gets to, you know, he, he lives the playboy life. He's got everything, everything. So this is his penance, of course, for it. And it's to some degree or another. And this, the whole doctrine is that for middle class, upper class white people. It's just a way to try to shed some of this guilt. You know, you could also just not feel guilty or just read history and understand that the, that the, the birth and, uh, and the sustaining of a country like ours, which is an experiment in democracy, is never perfect, but it strives to get better and better and better. And get on with it. And leave us the hell alone. And when this guy, when this author, Sam Harris, and professor, is, is talking about a subject he knows a lot about, then you can listen. And you know, we're not the only ones with uncomfortable histories. It's not just the West. It's not just evil America in our 240 whatever years. It's it's all over the world. It's it's with different countries, different religions. And to deny that, to deny the facts, because they you can't bear to hear them even aired, <clears throat> is dangerous. And just because you're uncomfortable, Ben doesn't mean that we shouldn't be talking about things. I'm just going to play a little bit of this, or maybe the whole thing, we'll see. This is, once again, 2014. Bill Maher has on Sam Harris to talk about his book. That you and I have been trying to make the case, I think, I have anyway, that liberals need to stand up for liberal principles. This is what I said on last week's show. Obviously, I got a lot of hate for it. But all I'm saying is that liberal principles, like freedom of speech, freedom to practice any religion you want without fear of violence, mm. freedom to leave a religion, equality for women. Sounds reasonable, right? Sounds good to me. That's the kind of liberal I understand. I, those are the kind of things I, I'm with. That's classical liberalism, largely. Uh, equality for minorities, including homosexuals. These are liberal principles that liberals right. applaud for. But then when you say, in the Muslim world, this is what's lacking, then they get upset. Yeah, yeah. Right. well, liberals have really failed on the topic of theocracy. They, they, they'll, they'll criticize white theocracy. They'll criticize right. Christians. They'll So Ben Affleck is over there leering at him. Still get agitated over the abortion clinic bombing that happened in 1984. But when, right. when you want to talk about the treatment of women and homosexuals and free thinkers and, and public intellectuals in the Muslim world, uh, I would argue that li liberals have failed us. And uh, the crucial point of confusion, uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank God you're here. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, the, the, the crucial point He's of confusion is that, that we have been sold this meme of Islamophobia where every... What a jerk, by the way, already. It's funny, comes off like the a-hole in uh, Goodwill Hunting in the bar. He's already like looking at him like, thank God you're here. Oh, what a petty... Criticism of the doctrine of Islam gets conflated with bigotry toward Muslims as people. Right. And that is uh, it's, it's intellectually ridiculous. So, even it gets so hold on, are racist. you the person who understands the officially codified doctrine of Islam? Ooh, Ben used the word codified. So he's been reading up, folks. He's the intellectual heavy in this situation. 
You're the uh, interpreter well, of that, well, so you well, can say, well, I'm this a, is... I'm, I think actually, any, I'm actually well-educated well, on this topic. I'm, yeah. I'm asking you, so I mean, you're you, saying, if I criticize the... You're saying that Islamophobia is not a real thing. That if you're... Yeah, he's well-educated in this, Ben. This is what Sam Harris does. He's a man who learns things. He's a very well-educated man. He's an author, okay? He's not a man who play acts like other people for a living. But Ben's rolling now. Critical of something... Is- well, it's not a real thing when we do it. Right. <laughs> well, well, no, it no, really no, isn't. I, I'm not denying not- that, that certain people are bigoted against Muslims as people. That's, right. And that's a that's problem. big of you. But... The, but why are you so hostile to, about this? It's, it's gross. It's racist. It's, it's not. It's, but it's Here we go. So, it's, so, it's like saying it's those so not your shifty Jew. You're not listening Absolutely to not. what well, we are saying. You guys are saying, but, if you want to be liberals, believe in liberal principles, right. like freedom of speech, like, right. um, you know, we are endowed by our uh, forefathers with an inalienable ass, like all men are created no, equal. No, Ben, we have to be able to criticize bad ideas. And of course we Islam, do. No liberal doesn't okay, want to okay. criticize bad but ideas. Then why aren't you letting him criticize, Ben? Why don't you shut the hell up? But why would is the mother load of bad ideas? Jesus. So we have we have that's ideas just a like, fact. like blasphemy. It's not a, it's not a, it is it's a, an ugly apostasy. It is it's basic liberal well, let me unpack it. tolerance. Let me yeah, let, exactly. let me unpack but it. But not for intolerance. No, of course it's not. Fun. But the picture you're painting is to some extent true. But it, it, it's the picture you're painting. So in other words, it's having the impression. It's starting to, the visage is starting to look ugly and mean. We know you're just using facts. This is Nicholas Kristof. <clears throat> we know you're, you're just using facts, but the visual you're painting, the tone, remember tone deaf the other two weeks ago? Um, uh, Nichols Kristoff is a winner of two Pulitzer Prizes. So that's for the New York Times. That's all you really need to know. Um, it, it's the tone. What you're painting, the, Trump's words had a dark tone. So anything that seems in their mind with their radical rules, anything that gives you an uncomfortable feeling, the aura around it, ooh, you got to stop. No, that has to be shut down immediately in the name of free speech. It's hugely incomplete. It is certainly true that plenty of fanatics and jihadis are Muslim, but the people who are standing up to them, Malala, uh, incredible Malala's Muhammad Ali uh, yes. Dadak in, in Iran, in prison for nine years for speaking up for Christians, uh, a friend that I had in Pakistan who was shot this year, uh, Rashid Rahman, for defending people accused of apostasy. Okay. Nick, or how about the more than a billion those, people those who are aren't fanatical, who don't punch well, women, who just want to go to school? Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. I do like how Alex said that. The billions of people who just want to go to school, have some sandwiches. <laughs> And you're painting a br- wait, like the whole group religion with no, that. No, no, let, let's get down to who has the right answer here. A billion people, you say. All these billion people don't hold any of billion these... Pr- five or something. Like don't hold these pernicious beliefs? No, I wouldn't, no, well, no, they don't. That's Africa just not... shaking said, no, no, they don't, no, no, they don't. True, Ben. That's just <laughs> not ben. true. Can I, can I just express how I think it breaks down? The idea, you haven't even the, 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 like, I can't believe I'm having to deal with this hate around me. You're, you're trying to say that these few people, that's all the problem is, these few bad apples. The idea that someone should be killed if they leave the Islamic... That's horrible. That should, okay. Wait, wait, that, that but is wait, you're saying that the idea that Islam. someone should be killed if they leave the Islamic religion is just a few bad apples? The people who would actually believe in an act that you murder somebody if they yes. leave Islam yes. is not the majority of Muslims at all. Okay, okay. Is it? Let, let me let me you, break you, this you down for you. Okay. We have, it's, as, you, as you say, we have 1.5, 1.6 billion mm-hmm. Muslims. 
Now, second biggest religion in the world, a quarter. Well, Ben, let me let me unpack it. Let me unpack it. Ben, shut up. We understand you. We wrote some things in your hand. Let the guy who knows stuff talk. By the way, everybody on this panel is a liberal. Affleck is a liberal. Who you hear? Uh, Christoph is a liberal, and Bill Maher is a liberal. For you. Please do. Um, I've been we have uh, luggage so, been the, the, there packed Just up. imagine some concentric circles here. You have at the center, you have jihadists. These are people who wake up in the morning wanting to kill apostates, wanting to, to die trying. They believe in paradise. They, Horrible they, they bad people. In, that, in, yeah. in martyrdom. Outside of them, we have Islamists. These are, these are people who are just as convinced of martyrdom and paradise and, and wanting to, to foist their religion on the rest of humanity, but they want to work within the system. They're not going to blow themselves up on a bus. They want to change governments. They want to use democracy against itself. That, it, that, those two circles arguably are 20% of the Muslim world. Okay, this is, this is not what the fringe of the fringe. What are you basing that research on? A, a bunch of poll results that we can talk about. So uh, to, to give you one point of contact... What are you basing that on? Affleck wants to know who doesn't have to base his argument on anything. It's only the other guy who's challenging the default. Affleck's priors, as they say now, which I hate. 78% of British Muslims think that the Danish cartoonists should have been prosecuted. 78%. So I'm being conservative when I roll this back to 20%. But outside of that circle, you have conservative Muslims who... Can can write can honestly look at ISIS and say that that does not represent us. We're, that we're horrified by that, but they hold views about human rights and about women and about homosexuals that are deeply troubling. So so they, these are not Islamists. They're not jihadists. But they but they both those they, views are But they also keep women and homosexuals immiserated in these cultures. And we have to empower the true reformers in the Muslim world yeah. to, to change it. And, oh, what, and but, lying about the, the, the link yeah, between okay, doctrine and, and behavior is not yeah. going to do that. A lot but of the, talk. the great divide... Um, the great divide is not between Islam and the rest. It's right. rather between the fundamentalists right. and the moderates in each faith. Okay, but we're misled to think that the fundamentalists are the fringe. Okay, we have jihad- jihadists, That's Islamists, and point. conservatives. Well, and by the so way, there's saying, hundreds so of millions just, of people fit that You're saying that the... The strongest voices Michael are Steele. coming from those who are jihadists and extremists. And that, that represents yes. a bigger piece yes. of the pie than we often the, think is true. There's no question. Okay, about so that. having said that, and if you, even if that is true statistically or otherwise, the key thing to recognize that I don't think is part of the argument, but I think should be, is that there are voices that are oftentimes uh, raised uh, in opposition to these jihadists yes. and to these extreme acts. But guess what? They don't get covered. They don't get exposed. And they're not given the same, well, level, of plat- uh, one the same level of platform um, that we see the jihadists One reason get. they don't get exposed is because they're afraid to speak out. Because that's, it's the only, oh. it's the, because it's the only it. religion that acts like again. the mafia that will fucking kill you that, if you say the wrong true. thing, I mean, draw the wrong picture, or write the wrong book. So you do yeah. have, and that's, yeah. that's you do have, but this, there's a reason why Ian Hersey Ali needs bodyguards yeah. 24-7. You do that element of fear as well, but you also that have element. other braver on, souls Michael. out there who do speak out and who like... like and who are the, risking their lives risking to those, do that. Like the, like the, uh, the Muslim uh, clerics yes. and uh, others in, from Australia to I'm gonna, to I know Europe, Ben speaks here in about 30 seconds, so I'm going to wait. We'll hear from 
put their names on paper, declaring anyway. declare their opposition to what ISIS and, and others yeah, are doing. We need, we so there are that. those voices, but where was the coverage? <laughs> where was where was that story to sort well, of create a different okay, picture? Well, what is your solution? What, what is your solution? No, the solution is very much what we've killed more Muslims than they've killed us by an awful lot. We've invaded more Muslims. I'm not for more killing. Yet somehow we're exempted from these things because they're not really a reflection of what we believe in. We did by accident. That's why we invaded we're Iraq not, and put okay, four million. Right. We're, we're not convincing anybody. It's not <laughs> specifically okay. telling you that I disagree uh, with what you think. I, don't yeah, actually I understand know. My and, and we're obviously not convincing I don't understand anybody it. of the <laughs> You don't understand fact, my argument. You know, well, your argument is like, you know, black people, you know, they show no, each no, other. No, that is not my argument. <laughs> no, it's not. It's based no. on facts. I can show you a pew poll of Egyptians. They are not outliers in the Muslim world that say like 90% of them believe death is the appropriate response to leaving the religion. If 90% of Brazilians thought that death was the appropriate response to leaving Catholicism, yeah. you would think it was a bigger deal. There we go. All right. So I will have this uh, video in the show notes. Not that you don't have better things to do. It is the 4th of July today. And uh, I'm going to go do other fun stuff. And uh, thanks for spending the time. If you were, uh, if you took the time to listen, I had fun. I always have fun. You can always email me at winchester at gmail.com, W-I-N-N, chester at gmail.com. I'm, um, that's, Wien is my middle name, and I'm from Winchester. You see, there's one of the six clever things-ish I did in my life. Um, and, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Tom Shattuck. I, uh, I'd love you to give a, leave a review if you can, and leave a five-star thing if you can. I, I don't know what that does, um, but I hear everybody else say it, and so I'm saying it too. Um, I don't think it gets me money. I don't, that, <laughs> I don't know what it does. I don't, I don't even know. I don't. I, I, I should learn a little bit more about the, the other end of this thing. But uh, have a great Fourth of July and uh, make some great memories today. It's uh, always a pleasure. Remember, we've got a great country. This is a great country, and we are all of us. If you're an American, this is a great day to celebrate. All of this bounty was given to us by the sacrifices of great men, like the founding fathers, like those who gave their lives through the through the years uh, in the armed forces to to um, sacrifice themselves so that we could have days and have freedoms, and we are just lucky. We've won the uh, lottery here, but the ticket was bought by great Americans before us. Thanks, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.